0: Good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing? Good. You know, this morning I, I do feel like pulled between two different themes, but as I walk in here, one of them is starting to fade away, so I'm going to go with this one. That heaven wants to invade the earth. That the wind of heaven, that, that the voice of God... His breath, his heart, his desire is for the earth to be restored, for the earth to be brought back into the fullness of what he created it to be. More so than just the earth, the people that live in the earth, he wants them, us, to enter into the fullness of what we were meant and created to be. Really, rulers of the earth. (laughs) People that have dominion over the earth. Well, what does that mean? It means that wherever a person, a body, a member of the body of Christ goes, wherever they go, they can breathe life onto something. That's it. And so Adam and Eve were in the garden and Adam, he went around and he named the creatures, but more so he created life around him, just because of who created him. So, who's created by God here this morning? Everybody is. There isn't, there isn't anybody on the face of the earth that isn't created by God. Therefore, every single person on the earth can release God's life into a place, into an atmosphere, into a house, into a workplace, into a city, into a country, into a continent. You all have the ability. We all do. The problem is sometimes the anchors of the weak, the anchors of the struggle cause us to doubt who we really are. This morning, if we could just let go of the doubt and the, and the anchor for a little bit, wouldn't that be amazing? Imagine the things you could actually start to see and, and touch and like feel the peace about the situation around you. Wouldn't it be great if you could walk into work tomorrow morning and actually feel alive for once rather than life is being sucked out of you? Wouldn't that be good? Well, I tell you, this is where it starts. Right here. When the people gather together and come and give glory to the King of kings and Lord of lords. He gives you life. And that life is what's going to lead to you pouring life out wherever you go. Rise to your feet with me. God, this morning we... We want to release life. We want to release life to you. We want to release life to this place. We want to release life even to our weakened bodies. We want to release life to things that are not going the way we think they should go. We want to release life all over. And so God, this morning I ask in the name of Jesus that the life of heaven would start to flow into this place. And even ones right now, even ones right now that don't feel the, that life. And you're like, I don't really feel it. I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I kind of feel lost a little bit at times here. I, I don't know how to pour out my heart. I don't know how to release my spirit. I, I just feel kind of pulled from this way and that way. This morning, Lord, I ask that you would bring clarity. A clarity of heaven. A clarity of the spirit. A clarity that they could grab hold of this morning and actually feel What it's like to release life from their spirit. You have faith for that? Who has faith for that this morning? Be honest. Like, if you have faith for that, put up your hand. Because what you're actually needing to do now is release that life yourself. Because it's going to create life around you. It's going to create a way for everyone around you to be pulled into the same thing. And so, press through this this morning. I really feel that there can be a, a great blossoming of life in this house. Let's worship. Now, I really, I really want to go into this, but actually Jenna came to me and said that there's a spirit of heaviness. Whew. Man. And so I've, I've been reminded that actually... Three or four times this last week, I came under that thing. And I hadn't for a long time. And I was driving, and I remember, and all of a sudden, it would hit me. And I was, I was actually kind of surprised. I'm like, wow, I don't I don't feel this, and I don't want to come under this again. And it would lift about five minutes later of me actually starting to press through it. And just speak in tongues and sing, and all of a sudden, it would lift again. And so when Jenna came, it reminded me of this week, and I can feel... A spirit of heaviness right now. We want to break that off. See, what happens is, is that the people of God aren't meant to walk under that, that spirit of heaviness and depression. They aren't meant to walk under the cloud. And for so long, we've kind, of, we've kind of tried to justify our whatever, our actions or sin, by having to live under this spirit of heaviness for some time. It's like, I need to live under this cloud. I need to live under this cloud to punish myself. Because how could I ever come walking into the light? Well, I'm telling you that Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient for me. It was sufficient to break through that cloud. Yes, you need to repent. That's number one. If you don't repent, you can't break out of the cloud. But it is simply as as quick as repenting, turning, and watching the cloud dissipate in front of you. You don't have to walk under it for six months. So anyone that feels the spirit of heaviness right now, I don't want to single you out, but I want you to look at your life. I want you to look at yourself right now. And we say, God, I repent For where I've turned away from you, I repent for this attitude that I've carried, whatever it is. But I know that your blood is sufficient for me. Your grace is sufficient for me. And so I turn back and I say to this cloud and this spirit of heaviness, I say be dissipated before me. So that I can walk in the fullness of life. I want to walk. Okay, if that's you right now and you feel that thing, I want you to say this. I want to walk in the spirit of life. Say it right now. I want to walk in the spirit of life. God, we want to walk into the fullness that you have for us. Let the spirit of heaviness fall to the ground and not hold down the people any longer. Go Let's join with this because there has to be something done on your part to break through. And so especially if you're one of the ones that feels heavy right now, you need to do something. You need to stand up and push through this because I'm telling you the reward on the other side is so far greater.
1: So I'm starting to see this image of a great big old house that's like four stories tall, lots of, you know, dormers, lots of windows, lots and lots of rooms. And this house was once, you know, full of light, full of activity, full of bodies going back and forth, lots of sound and noise and whatever. And then some of the activity subsided and then it it started with cobwebs in the corner. And then some of the dust started to settle in some of the rooms and and it just, it started to get so thick and it seemed like, ah, it's so much work to try and clean this up and trying to keep that room open. So we started to just close the door and lock it, not go in there anymore. And then, you know, some of the bugs started to take over and and, you know, the mice moved into that room. And then we, we just don't go there anymore. But I feel this confrontation where we've, we've kind of backed off on things and we've backed off on things and we've backed off on things. But there's this line where it's no more. And it's time to take possession of these rooms again. But what it means is being deliberate about unlocking the door, walking in, seeing its actual condition, and going... There is a purpose for this room. And the stuff that's in here is important. And it's more than just memories, it's more than just natural stuff. It's promises, it's, it's identity, it's destiny, it's these things that we haven't been active and into the corners and sweeping out and we've let stuff settle. And there's gotta be something that comes up on the inside that says this is mine, this is my inheritance. I own this. No one else is coming in to clean this up for me. And I want to use this room. I want the stuff that's in that chest. In fact, grandma and grandpa earned that years ago. And I don't even know what's in it. There's something about rising up and not letting that shadow come over. But it comes down to the choice of, am I going to be still? Am I going to sit back and go, oh, it's too much? Or am I going to stir myself Am I going to strengthen myself in the Lord and go in and take possession? So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that something would stir on the inside of us to take possession of the inheritance, to take possession of the outer boundaries that have been given and promised. Father, I pray that the Holy Ghost would stir up on the inside of us and raise a zeal to say that it's mine It's mine. No one else is going to do it for me. I'm going in. In Jesus' name, let a release of life come to us, God. Let a release of courage come to us. Let a release of energy come to us. Let a release of faith come to us to step into these things. In Jesus' name. We are the ones. We are the ones. We are the ones. We are the ones.
2: So, I actually had a dream last night exactly what Cam was talking about. There was a big house, um, like a party house, with lots of rooms and lots of windows and uh, I was trying to prep for this party and I was going around trying to get rid of these cobwebs and all these rooms were locked and I was confused and frustrated and I was trying to open windows and let the light in and I was trying to flip on the lights and none of the lights were working and then I saw that that people were starting to come for the party and there was a patio outside and one light was on and people were coming and sitting on this patio behind this light and all of a sudden this this creature started to sneak around and I went into like um, attack mode and I was looking for a weapon thinking, hey, these people don't know that this creature is out there. These people don't know that they're sitting in the light and the creature can see them and I can't get the rest of these lights on and I can't get their attention. And uh, and I just woke up in this frustrated state of like, I need to get rid of this bear. I need to get these lights on. I need to get this party started. I need to protect these people, but I, I can't do it by myself. So, God, I speak to the darkness that has tried to overcome. I speak to the darkness that has tried to overcome your people. I speak to the house that has tried to stay shut up, in the doors that have, have been locked, God, by even us ourselves, God, where we've locked doors, where we put you in a box, and we've let cobwebs grow, God, where we've let creatures come, where we've let darkness come, God. I say go in the name of Jesus. Darkness, go in the name of Jesus. Darkness, go in the name of Jesus. You have no place. You have no right. You have no place in our lives. You have no right over this house. You have no right over our lives, over our family, over our friends. Be gone in the name of Jesus.
0: Clearly this has touched something much deeper than I thought it would touch. But it's bringing out things that um, God really does want to clean out. He wants us to be a free church. He wants us to be a free body. He wants us free. And the truth shall set you free. And sometimes what we have to do is turn the light on. And so Andrea wants to pray something right now that uh, turns another light on. And what is my role here now? What, What do we do? We join with this. Even if I don't, you know, feel exactly like she feels... We join with it because clearly the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal something to us this morning.
3: So in the past 14 months, we've had seven people die. It's really close to me. And the eighth one is dying this morning. And uh, I'm tired of sorrow. I thought it was my lot to just carry the sorrow. But it's not, A sorrow is not what I carry, I carry joy, and so I want to open those rooms, I want to walk into those rooms, and I want to dust off those boxes, and I want to open them up, and I want to bring out joy, and I want to declare joy over my family, and joy over my church, and joy over my community, and joy over my country. I want to declare joy over my people. Joy, 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 when you don't know what else to do. Joy, praise, and worship, and bring joy back. Just joy, 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 joy.
0: You see, joy isn't really we've kind of tried to decide what joy is by just like dancing around and being goofy. Joy isn't that. Joy is the Lord happy that people are actually turning the light on. And he releases a strength that you can turn more and more and more lights on. And for so long, we've just tried to make joy this thing that we just get goofy for 10 minutes. But I'm telling you that a joy is coming that can actually turn lights on over governments, over nations, over families. And it will bring us strength to actually clean out those rooms. And so when she was like interceding for joy just then, well, that doesn't sound too joyful. That sounds almost sad. It's because (laughs) we need to intercede that the lights would be turned on for the next few minutes. Let's pray in the Spirit. The music can keep going, but let's just pray in the Spirit. Because God's still not done. There's a light that still needs to be turned on. I can feel it. And allow your voice to start to, to build. And just pray in the Spirit. Even if you are young and you're like, I don't really know how to do this. Just pray in the Spirit. Speak in tongues. Let's press in for life. Let's press in for life right now. The Spirit of death has no hold. Press in for life. Let rain come in the desert. Let rain come in the desert. Let the flowers grow. We declare life. We speak life. Lift your hands towards the middle right now. Like lift them as a banner over, yes. God, right now, we declare life. We declare life. We declare life. Let life come. Let life come. Oh, the great places of heaven. Let life come. to me and said, the Lord is really thinking about the streams of the mountain are more important than the sea right now. What that says to me is this, is that every person in here is a stream that flows from the mountain of God, meaning that every single stream contributes to the greater sea. And so right now it is imperative And I stress that. It is imperative that every voice declares life. We're going to sing Come to Life again. Make sure to say it. Your voice matters right now. Every voice, young and old. I'm going to start prophesying. Keep singing. Every dream that is in this place. Every hope that has ever been hoped. Every talent that has ever been placed from God. Every desire in the heart. Every desire that is from God. Let creativity. Let creativity. Let it come, O God. everything that we've let go of that we're meant to carry to everything that we've let die to every single person that we've let go away to to creation itself the created world. We speak to every mountain and to every river and to every stream. We speak to every animal, every plant on the face of the earth. We speak to powers great and small. We declare the light of God in this day. Man, I, I'm feeling so much bubbling in me right now that it's like I see the ground trembling over graves. I see them it trembling, meaning that something underneath that grave is, is alive and shaking something above it. What if, what if the people of God could shake that earth so much that the whole of creation, everyone, great and small, would know that something is alive. You know, we talk about death, we see things in other nations constantly, even this week, tragic things happening in two major nations, tragic things, and all people start to think about is death. But there's a people that have been called to shake the ground, and have thought for so long: what is that shaking of the ground? What is that? It's life. Every time the earth shakes, we're reminded how small we are. Every time the earth shakes under a city, we're reminded that the earth is alive. And in the spirit, it's the same thing. In the spirit realm, everything knows that. And so as Christians, as saints, gather together and start to let life come from them... The earth shakes, and the whole spiritual realm shakes. And there's a sound that rings out. And it just says, life. Life is here. You see, something that's dead cannot shake. Something that's dead cannot move. Something that's dead cannot tremble. But because you're alive, because you've been placed here for this time and this day... Every time you shake, every time you let your life come from you, everything around you moves. Let there be life, oh God. Let us be the ones that deposit life into the earth. Let there be life. Let the high things start to come. There's high places in the house of the Lord. And you're about to touch them because you've released life. See, the key is that you release something from yourself because the Scripture says, draw near to me and I draw near to you. And I take that as, as I draw near, as I release something of God, all of heaven, all of the kingdom draws closer to me. Let yourself go to that place. I know that some of you you're thinking about holding back a little bit. Just let yourself go to that place. I don't care if it sounds weird. Let yourself go. Lord, we, we'd love our <laughs> actions, our postures, our life to represent. Fully your life. Yet we admit that sometimes we just have no idea how to do that. And so I pray for us this day that He would show us these high things, but that we would respond in turn. That we'd know actually how to facilitate and take these places and hold them. You know, Mel grabbed the green flags and uh, Tammy came to me and said that green represents life, obviously, maturity, transitioning into. it's, It's a significant moment that right there because I believe he does want us to go into something much deeper and much higher. And if we respond just a tiny bit, he does something amazing. It's like, it's like when you like repent or something, Like we think it's a huge thing, but really it has the value of a paperclip. And we're like, here's this paper clip. And he's like, here's a bar of gold. What? And so a little bit response, and all of a sudden he opens up, like, here, I'll stand here and raise my hands for five minutes. All right, I'm going to open up a realm of life to you what what would happen if we actually <laughs> could run into there and open up something that is greater than anything i've ever done before what would he release that's the build-up that i see happening that's the growth that i see happening how do you get there you just got to start somewhere you got to start by okay i'm going to stand <laughs> i'm going to stand Today I'm going to use my words and I'm going to sing. I'm going to raise a hand. And you can see the progression. If you all look back at your life of the progression, you can see. Oh, yeah, I remember when it was scary for me to, like, come up onto this, like, black section here. So what would happen if we could do that times 10, times 20, times 100, times 1,000? Because I know... The most valuable thing we could give God, what He gives back in return will make it look like the paperclip again. It's that great. And so I want to give the wealth, everything I have, everything I have. Because I know what He's giving back in return is far, far greater.
4: I'm going to read Ezekiel chapter 47. It's really familiar, so don't let its familiarity um, switch you off. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. For the front of the temple faced east, the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. There's a big thing about it being the east. And there was water running out of the side. And then we know the story that the water was ankle-deep, and then it was waist-deep, and then it was a river that a man couldn't stand up in, that a man had to swim across. He says, I returned there along the bank of the river. There were many trees on one side and on the other. Then he said to me, This water flows towards the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river will go, will live. There will be a great multitude of fish, Sorry, a very great multitude of fish. Because these waters go there, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from En to En They shall be places for spreading their nets. Their fish shall be of the same kind as the fish of the great sea. Exceedingly many. When he says the great sea... He means the Mediterranean. So, what we have to understand about a stream or a river is that it's always flowing downhill. As as we are that water of life that flows out of the temple heading east, we are constantly going downhill. We are constantly coming to a lower place, to a lower place, and to a lower place. And when you went east from Jerusalem and kept going lower, you know where you ended up? <laughs> you ended up at the Dead Sea, the lowest place practically on the planet, where the waters were useless because they're salty and because they're, they're full of all kinds of chemicals, Let this sink into you for a while. Just let this get into your spirit. That as you flow out of the temple and flow downhill, you end up in a place that's called the Dead Sea and you bring that Dead Sea to life. We are the people who are bringing the Dead Sea to life. The Dead Sea in Israel but also the Dead Sea in our workplace, the Dead Seas in our family, the Dead Seas in our situations. I I for one am so unwilling to flow downhill but as soon as the river stops flowing downhill it becomes a stagnant pool and it never reaches that place where it can bring life the prophecies of Isaiah or sorry of Ezekiel say that there will be There will be so many fish there. Fish that could never possibly have lived there before are going to live and thrive so that fishermen will be there. And they'll catch fish and they'll distribute them and they'll make economy and they'll bring life and they'll bring nourishment. I speak this over us as a body that as we flow out of the temple, as we flow downhill we will turn the dead sea into an alive sea. Not only a marginally alive sea, but an excellently alive sea. A fully flourishing and excellent, thriving place to live. We declare this, Lord. We receive this scripture, and we, we push it into our spirits. We just push that thing into our spirits. We, we stand contrary to that desire that we have to flow uphill. Flowing uphill has never worked well. We receive into our spirits that desire to flow downhill. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: So, Lord, I pray that whatever you're trying to break through this morning, whatever you're trying to let us see your touch or have revealed or Reveal to us, like, I, I pray that this happens. So I humble myself before you and I say, I'm just your mouthpiece. Let your words come. You see, for some time I've felt a pull between two worlds. And I know that this is not um, something that I'm, not, I'm, I'm alone in. I know that this is something that many people feel, either from time to time or constantly, but there's a connection that God wants to make. There's a unification that God wants to have. There's a marriage that He wants to take place between these two things. Yet I know that if the heart isn't right, if if my heart isn't in the right place, if I haven't brought myself continually to face him, then I know how quickly, I know how quickly I get pulled away. You see, I'm someone that is all in. I'm someone that actually gives myself fully to something and I just can't stop it. Back when I was like, Back when I was young and there'd be like a video, that came, video game that came out, I would just give myself to that thing until I'd mastered it. And then of course it went down a very dark path because uh, substance abuse came in and I would, I would give myself to those things because I needed to know. I needed to know the extent of it. But when I came to Christ, when I came and my spirit was touched, and I heard his voice for the very first time, I said, I'm going to do the same thing. I am going to give all of myself to this. And while there's been ups and downs, and while there's been struggle, and while there's been journeys through the wilderness, I can honestly say that I've never come close to mastering over it. In fact, every step I get closer to it, I realize of how much bigger he is. I realize how much greater he is. And he knows me so well that he set me up for this. I've been set up because every time I step closer and run closer and discover another mystery, he's like, "Ah, I have another one for you now. And he knows I love it. Like I, 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 I think back, like, oh, how I long, I would have longed to be like a Columbus. Setting out into the open ocean, unknown, and seeing what's there. When I first moved to Edmonton, I would drive into the city, being here one time before when I was 10. And I would drive into the city just getting lost because I wanted to discover every part of it. And so he's done things in my life just like you where he's given you physical representation of something you're actually meant to do in the spirit. Think about it. Think about the things. Think about the things that actually get you up in the morning. Think about the things that motivate you. Think about the things that you wish you could just give yourself to. What are they? And you see, what happened was I figured, I thought, I I thought I knew that everything in me would just be like one day I would just live inside of this sanctuary right here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and and just be here. Yet as I explored that more and more, I discovered something, and this is what was scary. is that he's created me for something even more. And I know that can, that can push a button because like, well, there's nothing greater than that. Yeah, but maybe he's called people to influence the world around them. Maybe he's called people to influence a family group or another person or, or a city or a workplace. Maybe he's called you To do something great. And so I had this struggle. And God knows me so well. That he had to dump me into something. And I had to give myself fully to it. Specifically into worship. And as I thought. Okay well this is it. I've I've hit the end. He said there's more. you know many of you know what i do and and in the world and many of you know that talk to me know how much i'm how passionate i am about it but the struggle in me has been that is it right It seems so different, the two worlds. It seems like they are contrary to one another. But I keep hearing time and time again, whether it be from prophetic word or from God himself, you're meant to merge the two together. You're meant to walk with me fully in worship, and you're meant to release fully what I've given you to release. And I'm like, how does this even make sense? Because my grid, my box was made up of living in a church 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you're like, whoa, Jesse, like you're talking about things that you never talk about. I know, I'm supposed to. And instantly I can hear the, the thing. Well, it's either one or the other. And I don't think that's right. I really don't. Like you can say, okay, well, it's just worship. And there's people that just do that, and that's what they do. And then there's people that are just outside of the four walls of church, and that's what they do. I I actually think both of those sides are incomplete. There's something in the middle. There's something that, that is a sphere. Not even like side A and side B, a sphere. Something that actually wraps around you and is one complete object. And I believe in this day, because he's doing this so deeply in me, and because if we believe that God has given me some gift of foresight, then it means he's going to do it in the body of Christ. Because he reveals nothing lest you reveal it to his servants, the prophets. And that isn't putting me on a pedestal because you're all prophets, but I'm just saying, I'm the one standing here right now saying that he's bringing something together. You see, I have a desire. And this is hard to say in front of all of you because of the connotation and the negative connotation that comes with all this. I have a desire to be known in the world. Take that as you may. I believe that God's called me to the world. And you see, like... I think every, like, I'll be honest, every single picture I post, I think that's the one that's going to be set apart like a Van Gogh somewhere one day. Like, it's it's crazy to think about, and I'm like, well, that's, you're like, well, that's narcissistic of you. Well, there's something in me that God has placed that I'm just not satisfied sitting back. I'm just not satisfied not releasing myself. And you've seen that in me in worship, and I'm saying that there's another part that God is raising in this day that you're going to see even greater. And I'm using myself as an example, but I believe this as a whole for the body of Christ. I really do. I really do. I believe that He's brought us into worship, and He's going to bring people that are still lagging behind that into that, because that is first. You have to have your eyes set on things above. You just have to. Because if they're not set on things above, all the fame and all the stuff, all the little shiny trinkets around you will distract you and you'll be pulled away instantly. It won't even be like faster than you can blink. It'll happen. You'll be like dizzy because it happens so fast. And that's what I'm actually scared of. But that being said, if we set our eyes on things above, if we set our mind on things in heaven, if we actually put our treasure in heaven, that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to tell you about the struggle with me and Nikki. I care not about money. I honestly don't. I don't care if there's lots. I don't care if there's none. I just don't care about it. And I've had to, you know, kind of try to balance myself in that even because I know how Nikki feels. I know that there's a struggle there because. I see something far and I see something great, but I know that not everyone else sees that. And so how do you do it? If you're being spoken to by God, like you're being spoken to and he's saying great things to you, like maybe he's saying like, oh, you're going to like lead a thousand people to Christ or, or the business that you're in is going to flourish or maybe that like your family, they're all going to serve the Lord for generations and you're, you're hearing these things and it seems like, wow, that's so far away. And what we want is like hundreds of people around us to like agree because I can't agree myself. And so what he's done to me is this. He's put things around me and uh, (laughs) I have to rely fully on his spirit. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about what I'm feeling in myself and I feel that there's this pull to influence the world. I feel that there's this pull to influence something that is wrong. To bring justice to something that is unjust. Like just in my little sphere, I feel that I'm meant to impact change in that. And I know that God has placed in every single person in this room right now, under the sound of my voice, I know that he's placed something in you that is similar. And whether or not you think globally, that's fine. It doesn't really matter. What I'm saying is is that he's given you something. He's given you a mandate that you're meant to touch. But what happens is, and this is the struggle, what happens is, we chuck the baby out with the bath water. And so I'm being brought into like changing my heart and worshiping and giving myself fully, but I don't see this thing that I'm meant and I called to do being fulfilled, so I throw all this away and just do this. That's not how it's meant to be in this day. It just isn't how it's meant to be. God is increasing capacity in this day. God is going to allow you to enter into the high things of Him and enter into the great calling He's placed in you. And it's going to work together. But how? How does that happen? Well, there has to be a humbling of the heart. There just has to be. We can't avoid it as much as I want to avoid it as much as I want to skip past it, as much as I want to turn from looking at myself and just looking at the great things I can do, we have to look. And this whole morning is, you know, Cam and then vows confirmation with the dream of a house that needs to be opened up and swept out and the lights turned out is more real than we even realize right at this moment. I'm saying that that is everybody. And God is requiring in this day the opening of the doors. We can't avoid it. We can't skip past. Just join your spirit. Lord, we join with you. You see, right now I feel a thing right now that says well i'm in a i'm in a i'm in a job or something that like really holds me back from this and i can't release myself the way i want to release myself and i'm saying you can i'm saying that it's actually possible to do that it's just going to take something different it's going to take a shift but the capacity is increasing in this day i see now that i hear i hear like <clears throat> I'm better off and I feel better when I don't come to church. I feel better when I don't enter into these things. I feel better when I don't let the light shine. Yeah, of course, because the things that are in us, when the light shines, they scream and they hurt and they hold on tighter. But I'm saying you can't actually release what you're meant to release unless you let the light come. Unless you let the light shine. It just, you, God just... He just can't let that happen. Why? Because you're capable of so much more. You're capable of something far greater. You're capable of actually creating life wherever you go. You're capable of being an ambassador of God. You're capable of releasing that river that flows from the throne of God into the world. You're capable of that. You're capable of your shadow walking by and healing people. You're capable. You're capable of that. You're able to do it. And God wants to release it, but sometimes our hearts are full of pride and He just can't let us. And so as I wait, it feels sometimes that I'm in a holding pattern, circling the airport, circling the place where we're meant to land and come in. And I know many people probably feel a similar thing. Like, it feels like week in and week out we do the same thing, yet nothing changes. But what you don't see is that there's a reason you're in the holding pattern. There's a reason that you're circling. We could blame it on other people on the ground not doing the job. We could blame it on the weather. But really God is trying to get at the basement of your heart. He's trying to get at the doors that have been closed. He's trying to get at the things that have been swept under the rug. And so we must remain in a holding pattern. And really the only thing that says you can come in, it's clear, is you. But you're able to. But you're able to. Listen to me. You're able to. You're able to actually come in and land. You're able to go where you're meant to go. You are able. And you know, you could spin this off right now as well, he's like a motivational speaker. Or you could actually let something pierce your heart right now and say, God, I need to change. God, I need to change. God, I need to turn to you. I realize what you've called me to do. I see what you've called me to do, but I realize I need to change. I'm so good at seeing what God is going to do in people. I can go around the room right now and pick 50 of you and tell you exactly the things you're capable of. But it's so dependent on our hearts. It's so dependent on our hearts. It's so dependent on what we're willing to do. You know what? We're so willing to pour ourselves into our hobbies. We're so willing to pour ourselves into these things. But God's like, I want to give you that, but wait until I want you to pour into me. I want you to pour into what I have. Because what I can give you is far greater. Remember what I said at the beginning about the paperclip? See, it seems so big and so huge to give these things up. But it's the value of a paperclip. And he offers you a country. The Bible says that we'll be volunteers in the day of his power. I've thought a lot about this because you know volunteering can sometimes suck especially if the person you're volunteering volunteering for volunteering for could pay you very well. Do you hear what I said? It's hard to volunteer when you know the person could pay you for what you're doing that he said we will be volunteers in the day of his power or the day of his wealth or the day of his authority or the day of his, the time that he's the richest. And yet we'll be volunteers. And what that says to me is that our hearts are gonna be a lot purer. Our hearts have to be pure because God wants to release right now his creative gift, like I said, like, and I've said this a lot, and I'm going to say it a lot more, that every person is capable of creativity. Every single person. It's not reserved for someone that holds a paintbrush or a pencil or a camera, that every single person is able to release creativity. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I could take any, any one of you right now and take you somewhere, and you would be creating in 20 minutes. I'm not joking but he wants to release that fully in the earth, but it always comes back to the heart. Always does. So God, lay your hand on our hearts today. Lay your hand on our hearts today. Lay your hand upon our hearts today. today. God, I ask right now for a release of the high places of heaven. An opening to those places. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just say for a moment here that let's say we've all allowed God's hand to be placed on our heart and I want to talk briefly about what is capable when we do that. You see, there's high places in heaven that release life that you just can't imagine. Life that is so abundant that you just can't imagine it. Like you can imagine a lot here on the earth, and I'm saying you just can't imagine it. You just can't. The highest thing you can imagine, it's higher still. And he wants to release that to you. And so when you look at me and say, wow, Jesse thinks like He thinks he can influence the entire earth. And I still say that it's not enough. I still say it's not enough. Because I know my God. I know what he's capable of. I know the places that he has in store. I know the storehouses. And in times a thousand or another astronomical number I can't even think of, more so and I've said that it's like it's like I, I say this every time I talk but we our vision of God our 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 view of him is so small it's so small but I just can't stop saying it because I know I'm aware every single time I come to this place it's like I walk into a house and from the outside it looks small and I go in and it's like 10 times bigger how does this work And I know it's still bigger. So I know that we're capable of more. And yet sometimes we stand here on a Sunday and I can't even lift my hands for five minutes. Sometimes I stand here on a Sunday and I don't want to even sing for like a a little bit louder. That isn't meant to be a judgment, but it is kind of one. Because it's like, hey, do we really know how big God is here? Do we really know what He's done? Do we really believe what He's done for us? Because I think if we did, it would look different. I, I just I just can't see it any other way. Would it not look different? I I I don't want to be a downer here, but what if we could walk in the things that we've even read about? And Jesus said, greater things than these will you do. Like I've read about things way greater than anything I've seen. That happened, you know, sometime. And he wants us to walk into more. And so I, I recognize the struggle. I realize I'm not exempt from it. I recognize the struggle of it. I recognize what it feels like. I know what it feels like. I've felt it for so long. I've felt that kind of mundane, doughy kind of feeling where everything just doesn't make sense and I'm like mixed around in this bowl I, just, I know what that feels like I know what it feels like to feel that there's nothing I can offer I know what it feels like to say well those guys do that and I, I just can't relate I know what that feels like I was talking to a young guy the other day and he's like well you know you must have always been like this and I'm like no I was just like you confused and wondering what to do. But there was something in me that I knew if I just kept going forward, if I just kept giving myself to this, something was going to break. That was it. And so I want to encourage people in this house today to keep going forward. Don't stop. Don't pull back. Don't, don't take a step back. Don't take a back seat. Press into it. And even if it feels like you're hitting like a, a ceiling or a roof, sometimes the ceiling needs like a TNT thing there and it blows open. And yeah, that takes a sacrifice on your part. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's so worth it. I, type, I tell people this in, in the world where they're like artists and like scared to release their stuff to people. I'm like, do it. Do it. It's worth it. Even if someone doesn't like it, it doesn't matter. It's worth it. At least you'll know. Holding on and holding it back and keeping it away isn't what we're meant to be like. Bible says that we're the light of the world. <laughs> Come on, we're the light of the world? I, I want to hide and not let anyone see what I'm doing. How am I supposed to be the light of the <laughs> I don't want to be the light of the world. Yeah, you've been called to be that. And it, it, so it's scary, and I know, like I said, I've been in that place. I know exactly that place. I'm telling you that if you were to let it shine a bit, if you were to let it out a bit, you'd see the potential. I don't want to go around it and, and call people, but I'm, I'm going to speak to, and you'll know who you are, the ones that, you know, you <laughs> you feel like, You want to kind of, but you're not sure about doing it. You're kind of on the edge. It's like, ah, do I really want to push all my chips in? I kind of want to reserve something just in case. Like I said, you, you know you can feel that in yourself if that's you. If you feel right now a reservation from pushing everything in, I'm speaking to you. The Lord says... See I wanna say, my flesh wants to say, you have the best hand and you're gonna win. But the reality is you're gonna lose your chips. You're gonna push them all in till you have nothing left. And you're gonna watch them be swept into someone else's hand. And you're gonna stand up from the table and never have felt freer in your entire life. There's freedom that comes from pushing everything in, there's nothing left when the disciples were with Jesus and he said that very hard thing, he said, would you go too? And they said, where would we go? We've pushed all in ages ago. We're stuck on the side of the mountain. I can't let go now. But I'm telling you, there's nothing freer than getting up from the table and not having anything hold you back. And I'm calling it out right now in this body that we would individually and corporately push our chips all in. That we would push them all in. That we would stand up and enter in to the fullness that He has for us because I'm going to tell you again that those chips, they represent the value of a paper clip. And He's about to release a nation He's about to release it all to you. And it's a matter of sight. Can you allow yourself and can you allow your mind to be in the places of heaven or do the things of the world dull you? God, I'm asking for an increase in this. Even in myself, I know that there's even things I'm holding on to and I'm reserving for a later date. But I say I want to push them all in. I want to give all of myself to it. I want to give everything I have to this call. And this call of, I don't know how you're going to do this and merge these two things together, but I know that you said you would. And so I I I don't want anything left. I don't want anything left in reserve. I want it to happen. And I want it to happen for everybody here. Young and old. I don't care where you've been or what you've gone through. I don't care. I just want it to happen for you. So we turn our face to you. We turn our face to you. And we walk towards you. I can see, like, as I take steps towards him in that place. It's like things, like, chiseling and disintegrating off of me. And at times, like, big chunks fall off, and you think, oh, that's painful, I don't want to lose that. But as I get closer and closer and closer, I realize that everything that's been breaking off of me has been chains. It's been things that have actually hindered my joints from moving, and I was never actually able to run. And so as I move closer and closer and closer to this light, things break off of me and I actually can run faster and faster and faster towards it. And you think that you're done and you think that you've actually broken totally free and then there's another layer he pulls off of you in an, another level that you can run faster. And it's infinite. And you think, well, that sounds horrible. I'm saying it's life. You just have to go through the first one and you realize it. God, I pray that these wilderness seasons that you pull us through, that we'd learn quickly and not have to be in the holding pattern for long. That we'd be able to break through and realize that running to you, even losing these things, is far greater. It's far greater. It's far greater. Shining will be when that song, The Amazing Grace, when we're there 10,000 years, bright, shining as the sun. Bright and shining as the sun, and I see that in this day. I see men and women standing up, believers, running towards this light, and I feel like a shedding of something, and they start to glow like Moses. But I'm going to say, even Moses only was shining partially. That there was even more that he could shine like he would be bright and shining as the sun on the earth. And actually, I remember that reminds me of a prophecy I had where there was light in families and they wouldn't even need to have electricity because light would just be in their house. And that sounds weird, but I'm saying that there's something coming that is far greater. Why, 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 why do you think in the days of persecution they'll want to kill us it's because we're walking in the light shining so brightly walking not eating (laughs) not being afflicted by infection walking in the light it reveals but if we're going to do that, we must let it shine deep within our hearts first. Amen. I want Nathan to come and he's going to talk about, um, well, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about.
5: I am supposed to talk about fasting. Lots of fun. Let's just let's just look at the beauty of Jesus. Let's just close our eyes and open our mouths and adore him for just a few moments. Ah oh. How lovely are your courts? How lovely is the place where you dwell? Our soul longs and even faints for the courts of the Lord. Oh, for the fullness of your presence, for the fullness of your light, the fullness of your law. Oh, oh, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Oh, you're dazzling. You're radiant. Draw us into you that we might be lost. Oh, like a log on the fire that gets lost. We long to be lost in your flame. Oh, we long to be lost in your passion. Oh, we long to take flight. Oh, we long to be loose from the earth and dwell in the spirit. Oh, we long, we long for immortality. We long, we long to be changed in a twinkling of our eye. Oh, we long for salvation. Oh, we long for the earth to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Oh, cover the earth. Cover the earth. Saturate the earth. Oh, you're so beyond. You're so beyond what we dream of. You're so beyond what we hope for. You're so beyond what we're groping and longing for in the dark. Beautiful God. Beautiful God. Oh, we want to be the elders in heaven. We want to be the ones that are crowned. Oh, we want to be the ones that are throned and robed and glorious in your sight. Oh, in the midst of God, eating and basking in the knowledge of God, to eat your flesh and drink your blood. Oh, that you would flow through us, living flame of love. Oh, we love your presence. Oh, we love the fullness of God. Fill the earth. We remember the words of Joel. That you will pour out your spirit on all flesh. We're like Daniel and we've searched the scripture. We look at it and we know the days are at hand. In the latter days, I'd pour out my spirit. So here we come before you in the latter days to lay hold of your desire, God, to be the conduit of the desire that burns inside of you, to be the ones that would release the the bent up longing passion of God. That's held behind a curtain. Like the days of Noah. The water that was held behind a curtain. And it broke forth from the earth. It sprung up from the heavens. It poured out. And here we are God. Pour it out. We would give ourselves God. For the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The beautiful Holy Spirit. That hovered over the deep. Oh we long for it. Oh. oh, God, release your desire on us. Father of glory, that you would put in us the same ability to pray like your son. Oh, I long to sweat drops of blood to release the pleasures of God. Somebody once told me that there's a few people that have sweat drops of blood and best case scenario, they went crazy and worst case, they died. <laughs> but God, we just can't live any longer without the release of your desire. We look at the scroll and we weep like John. John. Sing, when God will you open the scroll? When will you loose its seals? When will the glory of God fill the earth? Even so, come quickly! Oh, though the earth would be shattered under the judgments of God, even so, come quickly! The Spirit and the Bride say, "Come!" Oh, come quickly! Come quickly. Just lift up your voice and say, come quickly. Oh, come quickly. Oh, come. Come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Come. Just lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Come. Come. Oh, come quickly. Oh. Oh, fill the earth. Let the times of refreshing come. Oh, you're beautiful. Jesus said that the bridegroom would be taken away and then the bride would fast. She would mourn. Peter lifted up his voice in a sermon and he cried out, "Would you repent that the Father would send the Son?" Ah, oh. oh, this is the fast of the latter days. It's a fast of a lovesick bride. I'm not undone because I feel so much for God, but I feel so little for God. And I feel so little desire for the beauty of Jesus. And yet today I say that Jesus is fasting. He's longing for a bride. We go about our day, day after day, and he looks from heaven. And his being thunders with ache and longing. And he scans and he searches the earth. Would anyone enter in for desire for him? Ah. Ah, So fasting. There's something in our culture and there's something in us as humans. It says convince me and say all the right words and then I'll sign up, maybe, probably not. I heard somebody say if there was just a book written about this one thing, I would read it and listen to it and do whatever it said. And inside, everything inside of me cried and said, no, you wouldn't. So the one thing that I felt to say was to say, Why don't we all just sign up for fasting? Why don't we all just say, God, one day a week, I'll give myself beyond what I know and what I understand, but I must mourn for the bridegroom. And if it's your prescription, then I just take it. And why wait till somebody convinces you? Why wait till somebody lays out a perfect sermon? Why wait? Peter didn't wait. There he was after he rejected Jesus and he saw Jesus on the land and he just dove in. I don't care if I walk. I don't care if I sink. But I'm going to get near to him. So why wait? It's so boring and so dull and we're so empty and we have nothing. We're poor and bankrupt and we can't see it. Because I'm completely uninterested in giving somebody a discipline that would make them feel elevated above someone else. It's why Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. It's why the disciples of John came to Jesus and they said, Well, we and the Pharisees, we fast often, but what's wrong with your disciples? It's never been the goal to do spiritual disciplines. The Pharisees had nothing. They thought that if I fast and if I do this and if I do this, I am holy and I am pure and I'm set apart for God. And the only point that you would fast and you would pray and you would pour out your money is because you would say, I'm going to get far away from everything that keeps me, from humility, from bankruptcy, that God would come and draw me into his glorious light. Oh, I wish there were words. I wish there was an anointing that would lay hold of us. So I just want to call us to fasting. And I don't mean TV and I don't mean other things. I just say, why don't we draw near to the bridegroom? And why don't we begin to fast? Why don't we begin to lay aside one day of the week This isn't actually something for elite Christians. Fasting is the day after you get saved, you could fast. Jesus laid out giving money, prayer, and fasting. He laid this out right at the beginning of his ministry. And we're so scared that somebody might know that we fasted. And we're so scared that somebody might know that we gave some money. And we're so scared so we draw back. And we use all these lame Christian excuses. And why don't we just fast? Why don't we just give our 10%? Why don't we just set apart times of prayer? Why don't we just give ourselves to the word? And why don't we just wait for the unction of God to rest upon us? The only reason we look back in church history and we say that prayer and fasting and radical giving was for elite Christians, it's only because weak men and women said yes to it and they became elite Christians. They became elite people of God that shook the earth and the earth was subdued under the weight of their anointing because God draws near to the humble. You can't earn anything by fasting. That is the most ignorant and arrogant thing in the human spirit that would say that I could earn something by a spiritual discipline. Go to your boss and ask him if he'll pay you anything not to eat food. And he might fire you because you're eating food, not eating food when you're supposed to be working. This is con. con. I can't even think of the word, but it's not like the earth. He's meek and he's lowly, he's humble. And so we humble ourselves with fasting. And we let our being ache for God. And I tell you, when you begin to fast, you will come against that spirit that says that I'm elite and awesome because I fasted one day this week because I didn't eat a meal, and something will rise up. And everything in our culture today says, oh, turn away, turn away, then don't fast, because that's wrong. The point is that that would come up, and you could rebuke that demonic, cursed thing in the earth. And said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So today, I don't really want to give anything of how to fast or what I just say sign up this week just pick a day say Monday God I'm not gonna eat on Monday help me God give me grace God help me I long for hunger for the bridegroom to be stirred inside of me because you might be saying I don't have desire for God neither do I it's why I seek the place of fasting I need hunger for God I need desire for God. I need passion for His name and for His fame and for His beauty. And so, forsake food. There's nothing like fasting food that manifests the weakness and frailty of human flesh that says, I must have God. And there's wisdom in doing it and all that stuff. But this week, just leave this building and say, I will fast. I will give myself to this until he returns because I must be yearning and waiting. So God, I cry out for help. God, that you would give us help in this body to give ourselves to you. Oh, we're the weakest, God. We're just like Peter. We're just like John, your beloved. And we come near to you saying, God, we will be great men and women on the earth. We will be ones that our spirits are alive in God. Oh, the dullest in this congregation will burn with zeal for the bridegroom. Oh, I speak over the one today that feels dull and broken and faint and weary and can't muster any desire for Jesus. And I say, you will burn like a flame. You will burn with the same love the Father burns for the Son. You will burn with the Holy Spirit. So God, come and do us with desire for your name. In Jesus' name.
0: Practically speaking, there will be a time of fasting coming up that we'll call. It's going to be in September. Um, And so we'll let you know it dates, but we want to have a, a few days of fasting with a few extra meetings during the evenings of those days um, to really press in and to break through not to say that we're great and look at we're fasting as a church, no but because we're desperate we're, we're desperate I'm desperate I need a move of God like even like, like even if something is, is dumb as finance and I use that word specifically because like how low it is compared to the glory of God, like I just need it even for that like, and, so, and so we want to call that time. And so prepare yourself, prepare your heart because that's going to come and we invite everyone to be a part of that. So Lord, we just say this morning, let your life come and let it continue to grow. Let your light come and reveal. Let your word come and, and fulfill the body. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.